listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. What to do? Welcome to Fresh Take the Rundown. Joshua Adamway Marvin with the Talented Sexy Dangerous Devonier. It's Devin Seal. And I'm on a new device, so I look all handsome. Looking or something. Sharp. I don't know. Sharp. It's a weird angle. I gotta get used to it. Ready, ready to go. Another week, Dev. And there's only one thing we can talk about. The ending of the first half of Invincible, which I watched. There you go. Oh, you saw that. We got a date. March. Fuck the show. I know. Fuck this Good. show, man. Fuck the show. You know what? You know what, though? Good timing for me, considering we had watched season one roughly when it had come out, I think. We were yeah. pretty close yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot every goddamn nuance of this show. I forgot Walton Goggins' assistant got his spine crushed i forgot all these the only thing i knew was that mark and his dad fought and uh so now that i watched the first four episodes of season two or 2a if you will when season 2b comes out i'll be ready although i'm i'm gonna be very honest i'm this close to being out well i think a lot of people are after is like hey yeah remember that show you watched that ended in december it's back in march for four episodes oh okay remember that show that the creator was like we're never gonna wait make you wait two years yeah. again for episodes or long or making periods us wait for ep- <laughs> making us wait for episodes yeah jesus i get like having a break between seasons and like i said before i get animation is hard but bro mm. come on four episodes and you break it down to four months to the wait well especially especially for what we would consider one of their they're probably their marquee animation show right yeah uh, um and yeah. probably one of their low tens best show like or most popular shows if we think of like I mean, the right great, now the boys reacher's probably their most popular show right now and then sure, probably the boys and invincible is right but, up there well it, it, i mean of their top 10 most popular shows invincible might be seven eight nine ten yeah so it's not an insignificant thing it's not an insignificant place to be um but how they're treating it is certainly not fitting for the prestige that they think we should treat it as like they're like oh look how many great voice actors we have they're all famous celebrities or they're all famous voice actors who do background characters and that's really it like i'm i need to talk to somebody who has read the books um, I don't really necessarily care about the changes that they've made for or against. I just want to know what someone who really is interested in this world thinks about this show. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm this close to being out. Cause I'm just, I'm tired. I'm really tired of this. Like just the moaning and the whining. Yeah. I hear you. Well, I I'm, and I'm sick of the layoffs. Like, like, you know, there's so much stuff going on and so many characters remember. And then you go away for a while. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, what happened? Well, like, if if they had made a half-hour compilation of, like, these are the things that happened that you may have forgot about before the yeah. first episode of season two, much like Echo did with its first half of the first episode. <laughs> did you finish I'd Echo? Pro- 
No, God, no. I forgot all about it, to be honest. Okay. Can I tell <laughs> you a spoiler it. then? Uh, sure. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, if I had a half an hour recap episode, even if it was like, you know, episode 2.0, I'd actually really welcome that. But nice. I just i'm so i'm so unattached to the nuances of these characters um and then you have to spend all this time with him as a teenager like skipping his graduation and miraculously hearing healing all of his wounds before he can go walk the stage and it was like oh wait yeah like his mom broke a cabinet it's like oh yeah i don't give a shit about any of this yeah like there are some russian woman. there's some russian woman uh i totally i have no idea who she is i forgot all about her She's someone's husband or wife or something like that. I don't well, know. I mean, really, the only time the show picked up is like when Omni Man, because half the time you're like, "Where's Omni Man?" I just kind of care about Omni Man. When he, okay, Omni Man is back, great, and now he's getting taken away, and now he's like a dad, another planet. Cool. I actually kind of care about this storyline. I'm okay with the Viltrumite stuff and him being taken away, him making like a bug baby with his new wife uh is really kind of lame because in my mind he didn't learn anything from his experience he on didn't. Earth. that's why mark was mad um well no and i get that too but it would it i think mark would be mad either way okay yeah. so with the two options the two options are that our omni man acts like nolan on a new planet has a new wife and a new kid that replaces his mom and mark's very very upset right as he should be i think it's very warranted um, although I think Mark, like, oh my goodness, Mark broke down like a friggin' straw house, like one of the three little pigs. Like that guy has no backbone, and I get that it's your dad, so it's a little more complicated. The other option of the story is that Nolan learned his lesson as to what true Viltrumite should do, and he conquers the planet. Mark would still be mad if his dad acted as his dad is supposed to be, right? Like, would not like I don't really understand how. Nolan, I'm going to use the Nolan term for when he's acting like a human. Um, he talks about like loving and caring and and looking out for these these group of this group of uh, this race of aliens and stuff like that. And then it's like, but the Viltrumites conquer things, and now I'm wanted, and now they're going to come find me. So it's like, so you're just a big softy. The whole like after you almost killed your after son, you betrayed after you betrayed all of earth like i guess yeah. so um and that's where i'm that's where i'm kind of struggling with this characterization of omni man like you kind you can't really have it both ways in my opinion no. um i get or or he has to be so intentionally fake at one of them which would then give like what side is he playing like and that's a i they they almost like make nolan seem like a dipshit who's incredibly strong incredibly has a lot of conviction and can do whatever he wants to anybody he wants for the glory of viltrum yet he's like a pushover Mm -hmm. and you know if you have a kid a near earth or a near viltrumite species person and you're conflicted with your kid of him taking over not taking over ruling together that part of the first season was great that actual conflict that they had was really powerful. This other shit, secondary, where it's like, you have to help me protect all these bug people. Lame. Because they got the, they got, they all got killed anyway. So it's like, I don't really know. I'm like, 
I don't necessarily need to be told who to cheer for, but I don't know why I would even cheer for Nolan right now. Yeah. Well, there's not really because it'd be great if it, it will, it'd be great if he like defeated those Viltramites and then he went back and was like, this is what real power is. And I'm going to show you what real power is on this, on this planet. And then became like the conqueror. And then Mark was like, Whoa, like I just helped kill people. And now I have to fight you again, or I have to leave. That's a real descript. That's a real tough thing for Mark. But instead, like Mark's like, oh, I just get left there, but left left behind. Like, isn't this like the true? Isn't this the problem with every action sequence ever or action movie ever? Well, where even it's Mark like, doing the thing of like, oh, I'm not going to kill this guy. It's like, dude, he's going to kill you. What the fuck? Well, him being like 17 year old or you know 18 year old teenager, like I I I empathize with that a little bit, but more so going back to like every action. You know, the beginning of every action movie is like the hero getting their ass kicked by the villain, right? Yeah. And the villain should really just kill this person because they've killed every other people. That's why they're a villain. But like they let them live and then the hero has to go on this journey of like getting stronger or smarter or faster or better or whatever. And then they take on the villain at the very end and then they prevail, right? Why doesn't why don't the Viltramites just capture Mark and re like in, indoctrinate him with Viltramite stuff and make him like a killing machine like he's supposed to be rather than like letting him live so he can um fly home or take this alien craft home and then go hang out on earth for a while yeah to make him to because then he's because then what's going to happen is he's going to double down on his conviction that Viltramites are evil which is like the correct assumption right yeah. we know that they're bad but now he is even more sure that they're bad rather than him being conflicted. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I think it like the show and I don't know about this, about the comic book, the show is trying to pass itself off as incredibly mature from a storytelling standpoint mm-hmm. or, or mature from a, from a, from a personality standpoint. And the only thing I think that's mature about the show is the fact that they show eyeballs pop out and people say the word fuck. Mm-hmm. Not wrong. Not so wrong. the actual the actual characterizations are rather juvenile. This this Cecil character, um, people don't really trust him, but why? Because he always talks about, and his actions kind of prove that he's acting in the, in Earth's best self interest. Right, he's trying to protect Earth or protect cities or whatever, but people don't trust him. So why? Like I need, I need more from basically every character minus Mark's mom, who Sandro I think is great at it, and uh, basically Mark's college friends. And we have like the weird multiverse stuff that Sterling K. Brown characters being. Hmm. So I like okay, yeah. we got this going on as well. Cool. I know now. Well, and I, I saw a couple things on my Instagram because I know I, I know that it knows that I'm watching or I was watching, and there was a big poll about you know who is Mark's greatest uh, adversary? Is it Omni Man or is it this the Brain Dude? Mm-hmm. Um, also, like the blue guys, the the Mauler guys, mm-hmm. just cut them. I don't care anymore. Yeah, like, I don't care either. I don't really care about Seth Rogen's character, although I find him really funny. Um, I don't really care about him. I don't care about the blue guys. I don't even care about the brain guy. I care about Mark and his dad, really. One thing we do care about is Clone High, which is coming back for season two, quote unquote. <laughs> That's so offensive to call it season two. 
I so offensive. It, it's kind of funny because I just I don't know why you have one of those random days like, hey, like, because I haven't really seen when Clone High is coming back this year. I guess I should check, and I'm like, oh, it's back in like two weeks. What the fuck? Amazing. You know what? Um, as I said when we were reviewing it, whether or not it ever lives up to the hype or the expectation or even what we the nostalgia of season one, I'm going to enjoy for enjoy having it for as long as we're given it and i'm just going to be grateful i'm t- i don't need to be overly critical about it and if it sucks like i have no problem saying that it sucks i'm just going to watch as a fan hopefully continue on and i'm just going to move on with my day like season two did not change my world i am not quoting it like i do season one but on the other hand season two is well done the new characters introduced were well thought out the they, were funny. they were funny really unique really good and you know what? Like, I may not rewatch season two. I'm going to call it season two. I may not rewatch it for a while, months, years, whenever. But one day I'm going to go back to it. And one day I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I did find this funny. Or it is well written. Yeah, the Mr. B episode is the one that sticks out the most. And the finale. I think at the end they started fin- kind of... <laughs> At the end, yeah. they started finding themselves. That's why I'm wondering, like, they had to figure out what they wanted with these new characters... I think they had like a lot of stuff they had to juggle, right? They had to juggle not having Gandhi anymore, you know, not the change of voice for Joan, not Joan, uh, for Cleo. Like Cleo's character, they never really figured out Cleo till kind of the end. At the end, a little bit more figuring out Cleo. So they got to figure Cleo out a little bit more. But I did feel near the end, they started to have a new voice for what those characters are. Mm -hmm. And they started to have an idea of who everybody else is. So I feel... Good coming into season three. Yeah, I'm calling it season three. Um, because I do feel now they've kind of gotten their mojo back. Trailer looks really funny. Great trailers point. Are trailers are. So. Well, here's, here's my thing. I'm wondering if season two was just kind of like in my, when you're, when you're pitching all these shows and you're thinking about plot, plots and stuff like that and characterizations, you almost have the whole fleshed out version of the character first and then you work backwards for the development so to me it would make a lot of sense that season the se- the stories they told in season two although they were good they're not the prime material because they do have to spend a lot of time developing these characters so that when season three comes along we're not explaining who these characters are we can just jump into like these crazy situations where we already know how they're going to react or mm-hmm. make funny jokes about themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what made season one so good was actually like basically the first episode was them telling us the characters and then they never really had to dis- to to explain that to us for the other like 11 episodes. And they just went into like every episode was like a weird situation. Um, season two was a lot more develop heavy because they had to introduce Confucius and you know Harriet Tubman and and mm. Frida Kahlo, and I'm okay with that so long as season when season three happens we just jump right into it. I don't want any I don't need any more new characters. Yep. I just want like to have these clones interact with each other, get lots of cameos, and get lots of like historical jokes that you get you see for one second that you blink or you miss, and then just like let JFK and frida have an episode together let abe and harriet tubman have an episode together like like we got joan fk which was like probably 
I mean, for me, is at least on par with the Mr. B episode. The Mr. B episode was good, but yeah, John F. K. was good too. Um, so yeah, it's out on the first, so it's what not this Thursday coming up, is it? Uh, yeah, it'll be next it's Thursday coming up. So I'm we ready. We'll have the first episode next week. Wow, crazy! I, so we're gonna watch it at midnight on Wednesday, and then on Thursday we'll talk about it. We'll talk I get, about maybe. it on Thursday. Yeah, we'll talk about it on Thursday. So we'll have that review for that. Um, what else? Oh, Pal World. Feel like we have to talk about Pal World. <laughs> The first okay. kind of game of the year conversation. No, no, is, no, no, no. Not, I'm not talking about game conversation. Thank you. Game conversation. Yes. Okay. Is, yeah. 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 First like, big headline. This, this has been crazy. How everything it it is such a rip off of Pokemon. Kind of. And by the way, kind I have noticed how much of a nerd I am because when people say Pokemon, it it actually does piss me off when people say Pokemon. Oh, they're just ignorant at that point. Pokemon's been around for basically thirty years now. Yeah, you, it, if unless unlike unless you're like literally five years old, everybody knows who Pokemon is. And then everyone's like, "Oh, this is the Pokemon killer." It's like that's what they said about Digimon, no. and that's what they said about so many others. Like, po- <laughs> po- uh, Metabots, Pokemon. Is Pokemon it, it, not it, like literally the biggest merchandise seller? Is one, or if not the top five in the world? It's the biggest of all time. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, like you, you'd think it'd be Star Wars or um, Disney. No, Pokemon by like, and it's by a lot too. It's not even like it's. Um, Pal World isn't really in actually, the most interesting thing stories about Pal World have very little to do with the game. It has to do with the development of it. And I don't know if you've heard any of these stories about like, no. it's basically like these, this group AI? of, you know, no, it's these weird group of Japanese guys who have like based very little experience um, creating a game. They created a game that sold, uh, I think it was $7 million worth. Mm-hmm. And their goal was to make Pal World within one year. They realized that the scope of the project was far beyond that. So they had to start bringing in people basically without being able to pay them. Mm-hmm. And they were recruiting, they were recruiting developers off of Discord or Twitch or Twitter or people who were interested in this company. Um, for example, the guns, the guns in this game, they realized they want to introduce guns. And they also realized it was like really, really hard to do guns in video games. And they found a guy who worked at a convenience store who called himself a video game gun enthusiast. That's who they hired to do the guns for this game was a person with no professional experience. Um, one of the lead, one of the lead creators, lead directors, lead programmers, whatever, reached out to these guys on Twitter and said that he was interested in, you know, helping them with their vision and stuff. This was a while ago. Uh, but the only problem was that he didn't, wasn't able to program in the language that they were doing. So the whole game and the whole company switched programming languages and engines to satisfy, to suit this one dude that they hired the from guns. Europe. No, not the guns, a different guy, the lead program guy. Oh, the lead guy. Well, yeah, because it's been the, being Pokemon with guns. Yes. Now, okay, so there's a several factors to this game. Um, 
some of them it's kind of some of it's kind of lazy but it's you know it kind of has like that red dead redemption feel to it where there's actually a lot of components to the game and not a single one of them is necessarily groundbreaking but when you combine them all together it's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and so there's like there's like a survival aspect of the game where you have to like make food and make a stove and make an oven and find rocks and shit like that right that's kind of that's fine um but then the twist is like these these ripoffs of Pokemon, which and some of them are very blatant ripoffs. They're terrible. Um, oh, yeah, you can you can enslave your Pokemon into make into doing your work for you at your camp. That's a donkey video. I suggest everyone check out what all time donkey video. And then, and then the other twist on that is you can kill your pals and eat them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but oh you can goodness. also so make. The the monster whatever they are the pals I guess yes they're called uh, pals you can yeah. make the pals eat the other pals oh yeah you have pals um you have pals attacking your base mm-hmm. uh, you have to like you can kill pals you can fight you can beat them up with sticks like this is the weirdest game ever but it has like a million and a half concurrent players on Steam mm-hmm. which is more than what game was it more than lately. What game came out recently that was a huge, huge, big, big thing that people were like, anyways, it's got more players than like Baldur's Gate 3, for example. It's 40 bucks right now on Steam, by the way. And it's early access. So Mm. um, the version on Game Pass and Xbox is actually fairly outdated compared to the version that you can play on Steam. Mm -hmm. Did you see the mod? But. I have not seen the mod. I saw Pokemon's response to the mod, though, <laughs> and that's exactly what they have to do. Like, one hundred percent. Once, once that person introduced Pokemon into the game, the legal representatives have to get involved. I thought uh, it was really, really funny. Even like the boss looks like Jesse. Oh like yeah, the first oh, boss no, is no like doubt. Team Rocket, yeah. so that was really rad. They all look like Team Rocket, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like an Eevee and a you know a couple. There's like a plant one and a fire one, and there's a couple like sheep that look like Pokemon. So it's whatever, it's fine. Like, and I the debated thing getting I it on hear- Steam. I'm not gonna lie, I debated getting it on Steam. The thing that I keep hearing about from people isn't necessarily that it's like the game of the year. It's the fact that it's just fun. It's not very serious and it's fun. Yeah. And like who doesn't like the idea of giving a Pokemon a gun? Yeah. I I mean I, I like that we're talking about a game that somewhat is original. Like for the most yeah, part, for sure. right? Like it's an original IP at least. Yes, they steal a lot of the idea from Pokemon. But I do like love that we're talking about that side of things at least, instead of just like a repeated like with this sequel and this sequel and this sequel and this sequel to this game, right? Like we always have. Yep. So it is cool, like yeah, it is more or less Pokemon with guns, but it's kind of cool that at least it's taking up the space right now. And it's, you know, it's at least people playing a game. There's a lot worse things we've had to talk about with games lately, so it's fun that it's just like pretty easy. Well, and you know what? To add on to that, we're not talking about how a AAA game that costs two hundred fifty million dollars is broken. We're not talking about how these games are coming out and stealing people's money. This game is in early development. There's this a small group of people working on it and people are just supporting it. Like I people love authenticity in gaming. People love creativity in gaming. 
and originality. Even if it's not perfect, there are so many games out there that are flawed. Some of my favorite games have giant, giant issues with it. But when I sit down to play it for a couple hours, I just forget all about that. Yeah. It great. doesn't have to change. It doesn't have to change my world, but it just has to like take me out of what I do in my normal life for a little while. Yep. I'm, I'm, this happy does, I'm, I'm happy to exist. I'm happy to exist. I'm happy to watch the videos as well. I mean, sometimes that's the that's the one fun thing about the world that we live in now is you know if you don't want to play a game, there's still such you know good content creators on it that you can, you know, get a chance to see what they bring. And you know, that's what we've been able to see with Power World. It's like this is what makes gaming so great is when it breaks down barriers and just allows people to to show off creativity or stream things or you know make um i guess in the in the pc version you can have like 32 players on one server and so it's just pandemonium of like people banding together to raid other uh settlements and to kill other pokemon or pals and now the xbox version is only four right now but what a great like if you were a streamer how do you not capitalize on this over call of duty right now exactly uh, and the other thing is we had the very first big mode game jam today. Oh yeah, baby. I, I know it's a like half hour long video. I have not started watching it I'm yet. You give me did half you... of it. Half of it. I'm okay. Saying. And what are your uh, what's your thoughts, opinions? Uh there's one game where you like you like can ski, but you gotta shoot people, and then you get like snowshoes at one point, you shoot people. <laughs> That's amazing. There's another Is game. it one of those games that he reviews that looks like so broken, but like it's just funny? Yeah. And then yeah, okay. uh, there's another game. It's kind of looks like a SNES game where like you're kind of in this uh, sled. You got to race a duck. Uh, but okay. you have to like pick up these different parts. So, and he was kind of beat the duck, and there's like different levels. So, that's as far as I got so far for big mode. I, I'm very excited for Star Providence, like I mentioned in our. Uh, in our in most anticipated it just missed it i know you had uh an animal well looks really cool too but he didn't showcase off star providence or animal well i thought this was cool just because he asked literally for a bunch of game developers give me your game and i'll showcase off what i can showcase off cool yeah well it, it, we talked about this a lot off air in terms of like uh people using their platforms and and privilege and stuff like that and i, I mean if you want to call us woke i, mean, I can't believe you're still listening if you haven't figured that out yet um i'm really happy that someone as popular as donkey who who is and i i there, i have no idea who the most like who the most popular creators are that aren't tied to one game I'm really, really happy that a guy as successful as he is can use his platform to just showcase other people's work. And yeah, he does get, he gets YouTube money from it. No doubt about it. But also at the same time, like some of these game jams, uh, there's one in, there's one in like Europe and that's where some of these games like Baba's use come out, paper, uh, papers, please have come out. Like, the ideas for future games have already been released now in this game jam. It's just time for people to get to get more more resources to develop into something that we can all play. Yeah, I mean, I I always like Donkey's more serious about games, but he gets to showcase them off, and he's always been a big contributor of liking AAA games, but really liking you know the quirky different games to get a chance. So I think getting a yeah. chance if you are one of those games to go to big mode 
is going to be great for those guys. I, and, and by the way, Super Mario Brothers 3 this year, Devin, not 2. <laughs> game of the year. Well, the yeah, year. I remember the game Pizza Tower last year. Yeah, that was Donkey. I first found like, out about it. But that had kind of the same thing Power that should not be a, That should not be a game. Or, or tr- you know, under traditional stances and traditional avenues, that would be a game that does not break through. Yeah. And now people are talking about it. it has it's giving people platforms and opportunities to make other better games, more interesting games. And that's why I've I've really tended towards um this Yahtzee Crozier guy that I sent you a couple of videos of when they mm-hmm. made their own He's video good. game uh YouTube thing. Because like he just he what he does is he breaks down not games. He's not necessarily like he does. He does video game reviews, but he's also, he's also breaking down trends and why these AAA you know, he titles. Reminds me of Dev? He reminds me a little bit of like gaming nerd logic. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's kind of like a, almost like a Sean Fantasy almost. Yeah. Um. But uh, to tack to tack onto that, uh, we were talking about big mode, and we're talking about kind of the reviews and stuff like that. So. Um, it's okay that things aren't perfect, and, and well, that's why that's why yeah that's why games like like can you believe like these Yakuza games the last two years have been so popular? I know. Well, that's what Donkey said again. Sorry to bring up keep on bringing Donkey, but he's like, these games are just funny, stupid games that sometimes people just want to play. And he said like, no, as someone that has a kid now, sometimes those are the best things I can play because I just need to just the easy just to have fun and not have to like do this super hard souls level game he didn't say the souls level part but that's no. what i've talked to some people said like yeah i don't want to go play dark souls right now or you know whatever i'd rather just play yakuza because it's fun there's a bunch of mini games and whatever i want to do i want to do the the karaoke mini game or the slot car racing mini game or go play the, darts and just like yeah. fuck around like those i remember like a lot of the yakuza games coming out and people being like eh, like they're so silly and like there was like a knock against them they're so unfocused and now the last couple of years with uh, Yakuza Zero and, or some people, Yakuza, uh, Infinite Wealth are like, these are the perfect distractions for just, and the stories are apparently quite well done, especially if you follow the series. But if you don't, like, there's a game for everybody in that thing. Yeah. Um, save True Detective for last or hit on these two news stories that I have? Save it for, save it for the end. Okay. Uh, the McRib is back. He did it. We did it. You and I specifically did it through all of our all of our canvassing. Okay. Uh, do you have Man, any more information on it? It's on the thirtieth. Okay. Man, for how McDonald's, long do you know? I don't know how long for. Okay. But holy crap! McDonald's that day is going to be packed everywhere. Yeah, you know what? It's like I'm probably going to get two. I'm probably going to get two. Well, Adam was like, "Oh, prefer to be underwhelmed or disappointed," and it's like that's not the point. The point is just to like live in the moment a little bit, and it's to like just bind it, bind to the hype, bind to mm-hmm. the hype a little bit. Um, that's why you and I watch. I mean, you more than me, but like that's why we watch a show like White Lotus, mm-hmm. because we're living in the moment. Because everybody, like my aunt, watches White Lotus, or your grandparents watch it, or the person that you work with down the hall watches. It was it. the water like, cooler show. It is a water cooler show. And guess what? Like we can have water cooler versions of fast food. We can have water cooler versions of music. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I am, I'm very, very, very not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not against Taylor Swift. 
but how do you not listen to her music right now and just like this is awesome it is awesome yes. i'm not a fan but it's awesome but it's awesome yeah same thing with mcrib i mean you and i it's been 10 years in canada you and i had it 2015 long time ago yeah, yeah houston so texas 2015 is the last time that was my first ever one yeah didn't disappoint then i'm probably gonna go to get two I'll at least get one, and if if it uh, if I feel so inclined, I'll get another one at a later date. I'm unlikely to eat two, though. I mean, I don't even know how much it's going to cost. It could cost eight dollars for all I know. I don't know. It's probably going to be eight ninety nine. A combo is probably going to make it like fourteen. 12. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. We don't know how much because McDonald's can really charge whatever they want for it right now, and they're going to get away with it. I find the one interesting thing about McDonald's prices. Um, is not so much the price of the sandwich because like that that's kind of whatever right um but the price of the combo i don't think is necessarily justified for fries and a drink no if they had if they had lots of different sides on offer like you know how like wendy's is like you can get fries and a drink for the normal price or you can get a, a baked potato with chili for another dollar you can get a side salad for 50 cents or whatever a dollar okay those things kind of make sense to me um but the difference between the sandwich and the combo being like four dollars, not justified to me. Two dollars, two net two fifty. Like if if a sandwich is eight ninety nine, I should be paying like ten ninety nine, like eleven fifty for that combo, not fourteen, thirteen dollars. No. No. But excited that it's back. It'll be it'll be nice to have a back. I mean, it's it's probably the most famous um fast food item that you know that comes around for a limited time i'd say i can't think i mean i can't think of anything else hey man i'll get it all right what else do we have here for the news i think that was the major side for the news i'm just gonna i think so you had two news stories i did i I can't remember i had the other one written down but it's not in my notes i can't find it oh my goodness quickly scroll instagram until uh oh we had oscars but i don't really have too much to really say about that how many movies have you seen so far? From the Oscar knobs? Let's see. Like like three. Mm, let's see. Oscars. I mean, I obviously a lot of people are mad that um Greta Gerwig and Margo weren't nominated. By all means, yeah. Yeah, it's kinda. Um, okay, I haven't seen American fiction. I would like to. Anatomy of the Fall, no. Barbie, yes. Um, I've seen two. I've just seen Barbenheimer. Mm. that's it are you interested in these other movies yeah i would like to see the holdovers and killers of the flower moon and american fiction and i've heard good things about past life Mm. but yeah i mean we'll see i mean adam like i I don't like to disagree with him for this kind of stuff because this is up his alley i mean best actress emma stone carrie mulligan sandra fuller Gladstone and Annette Benning. I don't really know if what I have to really some of these movies. I, I hate the diss on these performances. I think growing up is realizing just because you think someone had a good performance doesn't mean dissing the performance you haven't seen. So like I, I haven't totally. seen Annette Benning and Nad. So I can't be like, oh Margo was so much better in that one, or Sandra Huler, who I'd never seen at Anatomy of the Fall. I, I don't know. You know? Oh, for sure. It's 
The funny thing is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how we wish we could do the Oscars like five years in the future or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I'm wondering if the only reason why we say that is because by the time five years has come around, we've probably seen all these movies now. Yeah. And we actually get to like, so part of the advantage of, of us doing it in the past or in the future would be that we don't get swayed by uh, popularity or by momentum. Uh, but like, you know, if we go back to any one of these years, like basically every time an Oscar movie comes out, especially if it, if it wins something, and then goes on streaming, like we're very likely to go watch it afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it has to do with hindsight. And then we can go back. I mean, we could go back right now to a year that we've seen all the best picture nominees or all the best actress nominees. And then we could probably have a very accurate stance as to us agreeing with who won or who didn't win. Mm -hmm. And I bet you chances are we would probably agree with most nominations unless it's like a term of service award yeah i agree like unless it's unless it's scorsese winning for the departed i bet you we agree with most people's awards so then that means we agree with the most we mostly agree with the academy i also kind of get to the point like i, I do think the oscars matter but you know sometimes i, I think you got to go, go to what matters for yourself i mean i don't like that turtles didn't get nominated for best animation movie but Again, like I look at some of the animation features, I haven't seen Robot Dreams or Nimona, so I can't judge if Turtles was better than those movies or not. Like I, I I've seen Boy in the Heron. I, I haven't seen Boy in the Heron, but it's Miyazaki, so oh, I'm going to take your guys' word on that one. It's friggin' good. It, no, uh, it's you know what? Like I'm very, very confident saying that that's it's going to be. It's a it's a better. It may not be a better movie than uh spider-verse than spider-verse it's a better story though mm -hmm. and, I hope and i'm very that confident soon. saying that uh i was yeah, disappointed that you will enjoy it best animated short was it the once upon a time once upon a studio the disney uh short film which i thought was really really awesome so it's to celebrate mm -hmm. the 100 years of disney i was surprised that didn't get and then just like for production design and cinematography like like, yeah, I and this is where I go. Like, look, I I know cinematography, Maestro. I'm sorry. There's no way Maestro looks more gorgeous than John Wick Four. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no fucking way. There's no way. Um, I can give you Oppenheimer, and I don't know what El Alconde is uh, either. But I can guarantee you, these do not look more beautiful than the cherry blossoms and the club scene and everything that was shot in John Wick Four. You know, that's a really interesting point because, well, I mean, people probably had the same argument with like Andy Warhol back in the day, right? Where it's like, yeah, the can of soup is really, really, really cool, but it's not a better piece of art than Picasso or sure. uh, Van Gogh or something like that, you know? So it's like, I can see both sides. I don't think John Wick was trying to necessarily win for like beautiful things. I think we were pleasantly surprised by how great it looks. Um, there's still some aspects of it that look very Hollywood compared to like when Roger Deakins does a movie, for example, where it's like, mm. holy shit, like this is like a still painting. Yeah. So uh, there's kind of two sides to that coin. So I'll, I'll pleasantly bow out of that. I'm assuming Oppenheimer is winning best picture. 
I think that's the favorite right now. I think it's the the paint like the the paint is open wide open for this guy to 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 make a dunk. So Nolan's ever is Nolan ever one best director? Nope. Nope. Damn. Nope. Um, because I mean, when I mean his best thought, his best chance was maybe Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, or Dark Knight. Well, Dark Knight kind of got over. Dark Knight was a weird. Uh, that the whole Heath Ledger thing kind of threw everything for a loop too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's what what else was nominated in Dark Knight? Let's just do this really, really, really quick. Um, See what he has coming up to. What's his next film? Larry Mahoney. No actors are attached to it yet. Uh, Dark Knight Awards. There we go. Um, not best supporting actor. One of the best films ever made. That's true. It's still his uh, highest rated in IMDb, but I think, you know, put that a little bit to the side of fanboys on that for the vote. It's hard to, well, it's hard to say. It, I don't know about fanboys because I think it's pretty objectively the greatest superhero movie ever made. Yeah. Um, people might say like Superman 1 and that's fine, but, or even like, critics, one of, like Spider-Man 2. It had a Metacritic score of 84. Metacritic score of 84. Okay, that's, I mean... I don't think people were quite people were not quite ready for no I remember walking out of the theater and be like I was not prepared for how good that was gonna be well that's exactly it right it was it was quite fun oh this is no country for old men I think if it's the same year it is yes Uh, um no it isn't nope it's the one after the one before it's 2008 so it'll be the 2009 Oscars right Man, we're so prepared when we do this. Yeah. Uh, okay. It had two. It had so these are the Oscars. It had best performance, which Heath won, and then it had um, it won for best. Oh, Slum, this editing. is Slumdog. It won for best. Uh, it had one for best uh, sound editing, and then it was up for cinematography and editing, which it did not win. Um, this is the Slumdog year. So Slumdog, Benjamin Button, Frost, Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. The Reader we could kick, uh, confidently kick uh, out. I would say, Milk. in hindsight, Dark Knight was the best movie from that year. Y- yes. No also in Slumdog Slum- conversations. And Slumdog's a great movie. Mm, sometimes I base Slum- it. I, I, I like at least to look when you look at that year and you're like, what was the movie of that year? That will hold up throughout years, and that's like, hey, that movie from that year is Dark Knight. Well, that's true, but Slumdog's Million, Slumdog Millionaire is not the discussion that people are having is not about the movie. Yeah, it's about the internet. It's the opening of the international doors for the Academy true. Awards. That's true. And Didn't we have that with we the well, Beautiful Life in nineteen ninety eight or whatever. Yes, I mean, but sure. That kind of, that opened that opened the door a little bit. Slumdog kicked it open, and then we started getting the flood of Alexander Inuritu, and we also had uh, Pan's Labyrinth around that time. And then we're having like the, you know, so then we're having like even look at the some of the Academy Award nominees for this year, because the Academy itself is so diverse. Lots of world movies in traditionally non world movie genre or uh, awards. So. Mm-hmm. We don't get that without Slumdog, I don't think. That's why it's important. Yeah. 
No, and then Slumdog is. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, I mean, I will watch the Oscars. I don't know how many of those movies I'm going to get around to watching, though. But I'm always interested in see how, like, I'm always interested in the show as as what it they is. They don't seem as interesting. Like, the, 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 the actual themes of the movies or the, even the plots of the movies do not seem as interesting to me no. As, like as previous years have when like it was the the spotlight year for example yeah all i've heard is that maestro was under it was overrated it's all i heard about maestro was like, yeah it's fine it's not that good it's not that good and now all of a sudden it has all the nominations i'm like oh okay <sighs> i mean it can be overrated and but also like who are we hearing that from too right there's some people whose movie opinions i just don't trust because like they they think um, you know, they think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 should be nominated for Best Movie of the Year, you know? And it's kind of like, that's True. not really the point. I look at Best Supporting Actor. Uh, that's where Ryan Gosling is for Barbie. And that's so our RDJ. Like, RDJ is going to win that against everything that Adam doesn't want. Because Sterling K. Brown, De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Gosling, and Ruffalo, first of all, is stacked. Like, the problem I talked that's about a few years yeah. ago of not having enough uh, star power, star power is there. Even in the Supporting Actress, just with Emily Blunt, America Ferrara, and Jodie Foster, great. It's great, but the problem is not everyone's going to watch those movies. And no, even, even you mentioned it, like you're unlikely to watch most of them. I probably will see a handful of them. Maybe as time goes on, I'll eventually see all of them. But like, I'm not seeing NIAD for the next six months. Like the only one, Greta Lee not getting nominated. People were pretty bummed out as well. I mean, well, well, Leo, I, I, Leo didn't get nominated either. No. That's what I mean. Yeah, if you want to talk about snubs, like there's a lot of snubs, but every year there's snubs. I'll see Killers of the Flower. It's funny though, because even if it didn't have Killers of the Flower Moon, one of the main reasons I watched it's not even Leo, and even hearing about how awesome Lily Gladstone's performance is, I don't know how much I would have got around to it if it wasn't a Scorsese film, to be honest. Like the fact that it has a Scorsese mark on it makes me want to watch it a lot much more. Well, I'll, but, uh, you know, it's to give yourself the three some and a cre- half hour mark is why it. I was talking to Nick about this the other day when we finished the NFL pod. He's like, what am I going to watch tonight? And I'm like, uh, Killers of Our Moons on Apple. He's like, I know, but I just, uh, I don't want to do this three and a half hours. Well, to give yourself some credit too, though, you all, you also watched a few more Scorsese movies in the last year or two anyway. So now you're kind of like, now you're kind of like, you get what he's about. Keen of Comedy, I think, is one of the most underrated movies of all time. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I think my favorite Scorsese movie, though, watching what I've watched, I still got a few to watch. Uh, it may be Raging Bull. That's your favorite? I think so. That's a really interesting. It's absolutely I mean, for fucking a... brutal, but the film, like, that is a brilliant film. For a lot and of Niro... people, it's just going to be good pills or casino right but you can't you can't you can't rewatch raging bull though like that's not rewatchable you, wanna, <laughs> you don't want to rewatch raging bull no same with taxi driver i don't know if you want to re- really rewatch taxi driver or deer hunter deer hunter's not scorsese but you know what i'm saying like don't think you want to rewatch either one of those movies there are some movies that you don't need to rewatch, but you you will never forget how good it how much it changes you yeah so yeah, I mean, and and Adam spoke really highly about the holdovers, and I and I love Giamatti. I actually, uh, I went in a I went in a deep dive of Giamatti the other day. Guess which movie I saw on Netflix? I'm like, I'm gonna watch this. Oh, with Giamatti in it? Oh yeah, man, it's, he's, it's, a, he's it's such a, a character. back. He's such a character actor for a while. Yes, but especially I was, in this one. 
Okay, go ahead. Think about it. Throwback Giamatti. Super throwback. I'm just pulling up his... I'm just pulling him up right now, and I'm just going to pick pick, a, pick his filmography up. Um, Donnie Brasco? Like, no, no, no. Truman Show? No, I'll give you one more guess. Saving Private Ryan. He's in that. Big Fat Liar. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. He's I, like, unbelievably vague, amazing in that. I vaguely remember Big Fat Liar. Dude, and the Amanda Bynes stuff is just, I know there's a lot of other stuff to it, and I don't want to get into it, but man, she was so talented. Holy crap, she was so talented, and I had so much stock in Amanda Bynes. Like, I remember we had, back in the day when I was working at uh, Safeway, and we were in uh, the break room, and they had, like, the future, the future, like, stars of acting, and we were yeah. all betting, like, who would be the biggest star, and it was, like, Hillary Duff, and... Um, Lindsay. One was Lindsay Lohan, and I yeah. was like, it's Amanda Bynes. It's not even close. Just because of what she had done in the Amanda show, what she had done in Nickelodeon, and what she was doing in movies at that point, she just seemed like she got it. Well, I mean, that that's exactly why some of these Disney talents become some of the most famous people on Earth. Yeah. And then it's too much, too soon, too fast, and then they're left, basically, they go through puberty, and they become adults, and then, like, what's left, right? It's It's sad, but it's true. Yeah, so it's a bummer, but movie's really fun and Frankie Muniz at the peak of Frankie. And there's some random cameos from people that weren't that big yet. Like Sandra O oh is in it. Oh, really? Where she was Donald Faison's in it. I guess Donald Faison's still the same. That's kind of peak, like that's Apex Mountain for Donald Faison. <laughs> Who probably should yeah, have had a I bigger so. career, probably. Uh ooh, good question. Um well, the next question is like, do you think that he needed to be attached to what's his nuts so intently? Braff. Um, yeah, Zach Braff. You but know, the one the that I'm the most. After... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The question after that is, would he have even made it without Zach Braff? I guess is another question. Yeah, so. I don't know. I'm I'm so mad because he was in Legends of Tomorrow, which was the DC show, and it was very quirky. And I brought it up here a few times. And the last episode that they had going into what was going to be the final season, but it never got it picked up and it got canceled. Uh, he was going to be booster gold. Oh, that'd be good. And I was so, I was like, ah, oh, come on. He's perfect nice. as booster gold, but yeah, we got it ripped away from us. Um, all right. True detective. This show is awesome, but I also have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> do. I kind of do, but I'm kind of still lost. But it's it's that it's I that I think is kind of the point. Um, still very much set up, but now I think some of the theories we're starting to get some more pieces, so some of the theories can come up. So, you know, the big one is we found the camper van, mm -hmm. which was purchased, which was purchased from. That skinhead guy? I think so. Is that is that Lars from Metallica? I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm gonna look it up really quickly. Like who's Raymond Clark? Is that that's who's who Raymond? has that is that's the scientist that didn't die, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean that, this is the other problem. Like we don't know some of the smaller details yet. So we don't know him. And then 
who owned the camper? Who's the name of the guy that had the camper? That's the dude that killed that Anna girl. Um, no, but he was like a big hater. Um, he's is he a racist or something like that? He was basically painted as like this piece of shit guy. And her phone um, was in the camper that Anna. Her phone was in the camper. Yes, yeah, but he had, but he said he had sold it to this scientist guy. Yeah. Um. So I think that that kind of clears that guy who looks like Lars from Metallica from being the murderer, but still being a piece of shit. Because then they go find this camper van, and then it's all decorated with cult stuff, which Mm -hmm. I'm in on. Um, And then they, so they can kind of safely assume that the girl was killed in the camper van or part of this cult stuff. Well, we have the spiral back. Spirals back. Now, is it Carcosa? Hard to say. Maybe not. I don't think it is, but it could all, like, it could be one of those symbols that, like, it's in every. Do we know, you know the years? Because Woody and them are they like modern times when when we when we catch up to them? I I believe that it is assumed that it is roughly modern times for when the show came out. This this show this season Night County is very contemporary because people have like smartphones and stuff like that, right? Yeah, okay, so we're assuming like we're in. 2024 or whatever it is yeah because the daughter got caught with like tiktok or snapchat or something yeah. like that, and right? then one guy Posting was watching videos. tiktok while he was letting the bodies melt yes oh my gosh i mean you want to talk about some creepy stuff in this show like yeah. the person waking up dude that was i was like i'm turning the lights on <laughs> <laughs> what a great jump scare what and it didn't have help at the same scare. time a self story the light in my bathroom has kind of been up and down lately like flickering okay uh, but it's like it, it's and i just been lazy to change it so like whatever reason i had my bathroom light on at that point and then exactly when that happened this person like ah, and my lights flickering i'm like oh. fuck well at first i thought it was like the ice cracking or i thought it was like air escaping from something and then when like yeah. his mouth was moving i was like holy shit oh my god um Talk briefly for a moment about when Joe, like, so when Jodie Foster gets to the crime scene, yeah. and then that guy's like taking a picture of her, ever, and she's like, so Act serious. like some fucking professionals. That was the best. <laughs> so unprofessional. But it seems so, it seems like she had got sent there. It must be a career dead end for her. Mm-hmm. She pissed off her boss who she was sleeping with. He sent her up there as like, Punishment. you know as punishment of some kind it's a real martin freeman hot fuzz situation <laughs> it, it is very much a hot fuzz situation yeah and now she's like so she's trying to do the the real police work she doesn't want to give it up to anchorage because she wants to take care of care of herself because i think she's trying to prove that she is a very competent police detective or constable or chief or whatever word you want to use for it. Uh, apparently recently Jodie Foster said that she believes there's a connection to them. I'm like, well, then you know because you've read the fucking script, Jody. I don't know. Not not like the, the script does not necessarily have to say like this flashes back to Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and especially like the way that they film it, there might be things that it's implied or suggested. So or she just like is gonna have fun with it. And she's like, Yeah, I do think it's connected because I think that's what people want to hear, because that's what I believe and 
So Ryan Which Clark then, was one of the professors. He, he's one of the scientists that didn't potentially die. Was he the one that had his eyes roll back? Do we know? I think he, so. I think okay. so. So that was the guy who started the whole hullabaloo. And then, um, so then they're all, they're all found like climbing on top of each other. And one of them has the thing etched in their head. The, the symbol etched in their head and the guy who's missing is the guy who owns the camper and so when they and ryan open clark the camper, i'm just doing some research here dude uh he does have a connection to annie ryan yes because he's wearing the jacket that's yes. what i was gonna get so um they looked at the pictures they found her wearing the jacket and then there was a hole in it or something like that and then they saw a picture of him at the research station with the jacket on but there was a patch covering the hole, which then mm. makes him a suspect into her murder. So right. they were they were linked together. I don't know if it's, I think it's implied to be romantic, but I can't be sure. Um, so he's linked to her murder per se, which may or may, or may not have happened in that trailer that he bought from the creepy looking guy. And they both had the tattoo. They, presumably they were yes. dating because they had the picture where they both yes. have the tattoo okay correct yes it's all um, coming back and, to me thank you variety and then they go and look for the camper and they find it and that's when they turn on the lights and they find all the cult stuff with the symbol and the writing on the wall and potentially a mummy of some sort so just i'm kind of variety did a very good job of doing this cliff notes th side of things that i'm reading perfect kind of that's how I'm kind of getting okay. this information for us. Thank you, Variety. I did watch the show. It's just there's a lot of stuff coming at you. Yes. It, that is Ryan's trailer. Yes. So the okay. scientists, you're right about the jacket. Good job on the jacket. Good job by you. Um, and then, yeah, then we have the spiral tattoo. We have the jacket. And, yes, that was Ryan's trailer. And he wasn't in the, the mummified pile. Iceberg. Yes. The iceberg, yeah. And then they broke the arm off. That was hilarious, too. Yeah. yeah. So now they got a chip. So, oh, and the tongue uh, was Annie's? Yes, the tongue was was convinced to be... They Annie's. knew it was hers, but they couldn't figure out where it had come from or why. Yeah. Um, this is seemingly like one of those shows that I shouldn't be editing during. <laughs> this is phone down. Oh, my goodness. No, I can't even, like, I do not even look at anything else other than the, that TV show um now there, of course there's a lot of like personal things going on with all these characters too which is like a nice i like how they sprinkle it in the show without hitting you over the head with it um the dad who's the that guy with his like russian girlfriend or whatever he's getting catfished a hundred percent and i think i think other people uh realize it and they call him out on it but they're not like they're just letting him make his own mistakes um oh yeah she's from noble gorsk like she's gonna come over like i'm painting the room her favorite color blue but i need to keep sending her money for her mom's medication yeah okay bud like it's a dude it's a dude in india and there is no girl and also that polar bear i feel because you saw that polar bear in the first episode we I did i feel like the polar bear has some kind of connection well, they did. Well, that there is. There's the polar bear missing the eye. There's also the stuffed animal with the polar bear missing the eye. Yeah. But then when so 
the best scenes of the two episodes so far are Jodie Foster asking questions and trying to be a detective about it with her young partner, if you will, the other guy's son. Yeah. And so she, they're like, okay, so why would they run out naked? Well, maybe their polar bear got into the base and they, they were freaked out and they ran out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why would they have why would they have their clothes folded on the ice, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that did come up as like a possible possible opportunity but i it i think they quashed it pretty quick so i think the polar bear is just going to be like a metaphor for a while and I, I don't know any more than that and then we see um the daughter get the uh i want to be correct in this the the inuit face paint uh the tattoos the face well it, it's not it's not the actual tattoo she got it drawn on she was spending time with um i think the actual thing is called kikanit okay yeah, yeah, they are tat- they are actual tattoos though. Yeah, um, well, it's like the Samoan culture, right? The Samoan culture gets yeah. the certain tattoos, and this is obviously for their culture. They do this. Yeah, so, and that's what they haven't described yet because Jodie Foster and this woman have a very strong relationship. It's implied that she's her foster mother or she dated or maybe she was with her dad when they died i'm not entirely sure but she is somehow connected to i mean it's a small town right so she's connected to her partner's wife like the young guy and his wife with the kid darwin yeah um she was over at their house with the grandma and they were talking about it and testing it out and they just yeah. use sharpie on it because jody foster was really pissed off about it um and i'm not sure if it was implied that jody foster's character is really pissed off with expressions of, of inuit indigenous culture or if she's pissed off about something else but there definitely seems to be a disconnect between race between jody foster and her like foster daughter i guess mm-hmm and I'm not quite sure what we we haven't learned anything about that yet. And then there's the Fiona Shaw character Rose and everything that's going on with the half dead husband thing. Very very dead husband who like yeah. who only came to visit her recently or something like that. Yeah, you had to let her know about the the mummified uh, iceberg people. I mean that's the like we As mentioned before, does. like the idea of like seeing spirits and stuff like that is very much a part of that culture. Yeah. Even if you're white in that culture, you probably still really identify with, even though you're not indigenous or maybe you're part indigenous, mm-hmm. you still probably really identify with what you grow up around, right? Yeah. So I, I, again, I think that her seeing her deceased husband is very much like a metaphor for something. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? I think those are kind of the main burning questions, really, right? Well, the question, well, so, no, the, the, the questions, I mean, we got a couple answers, but the question is like, are they going to talk to that scientist who survived, mm-hmm. but he's getting like, he's getting like his whole body amputated. So that's not very good. What's the connection with Jodie Foster's character and her daughter? Um, where's the missing scientist? And because when you find the missing scientist, like that's where like the, it's really going to pick up. Um, and like, is Clark supernaturally like inhibited and that's why he's killing people or is he actually killing people for a reason? There's all that. Well, my partner brought up a really good theory and one of the townspeople talked about how the water was going bad. 
and started affecting people. So my partner was like, oh, well, what if he had been drinking that water and he started going crazy? And I, and like they have some kind of like brain worm or something like that, you know, that's eating them from the inside. Mm. I think it's a phenomenal theory. I almost, I almost think like it's too obvious. Yeah. But I think it's a, I think it may, is very logical. But then how do you, how do you get everybody, um, how do you get the rest of your scientist crew to run out in the middle of a snowstorm, get naked, and then die of hypothermia? Yeah. Unless he's been like poisoning them. But how would, you know, we see his notes at some point in time and, essentially that they were all very very normal and then basically the flip of a switch was the start of like all the rambling and like speaking in tongues and stuff like that so they're going to go back to those couple dates and figure out what the difference was and then they need to figure out how this guy convinced everybody to go outside and basically kill themselves yeah and then i'm wondering like the supernatural fight like this dude turned into the undertaker for a bit and then well, they, the talk body, about, they talk the about screaming. what um they talk about uh at this base that they were studying like ancient microbes and bacteria and trying to bring them back to life yeah well what if in bringing them back to life they start testing it on themselves and it actually like eats them alive right that's why they mm. go crazy but that's also part of my partner's theory in the brain worms is maybe it's not the ice but maybe it maybe it's uh, something that they were ingesting or testing on themselves or at the halfway mark next week. I can't believe it. Six episode season. So I mean, it's interesting. I, I've seen, um, I've seen very mixed reviews on it. I, I don't get why. I think it's because you know people they're like this isn't True Detective. I'm like, well, what is True Detective really? At the end of the day, like you know, it's it's been two seasons since the main True Detective, and the other two have been different. So like, what what is True Detective at this point? You know, well, unlike uh, unlike a show like White Lotus, they're really leaning into the idea that this is an anthology, mm-hmm. completely unrelated cases, completely unrelated. And something that I kind of forget about sometimes is that the police characters are very different, and they handle these cases very differently. Yeah, um, and I think we have to allow the different police officers to 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 see crimes differently than each other. I think you remember for the first year detective too, how big of a deal it was at that point. This is TV 10 years ago when it's like, holy shit, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are on a TV show. This is crazy. That was kind of the first time you had really big stars on a TV show. And now I think it's just, it's just normal now. Like, right. Because I think we were still at that point where all respect TV was still kind of the pipeline, right. It's like, you know, you go to TV you do your one or the other become a star and now you become a movie star right maybe something only happened career down you might come back to tv but probably not well we thought about matthew mcconaughey very differently after this show yeah like no two no two ways about it we pegged him as the guy it this was the this and then dallas buyers club were basically yeah. like the reconnaissance where it was like wait a second this guy is not just the guy from the failure to launch yeah it's an all right all right all right no he's back to but, that now uh, huh he's back to that now i think he's also i mean i think he's proven himself to be good enough that he can do roles for fun 
now yeah. kind of like how leo does things with directors he wants to do mcconaughey can just do fun roles again because we know we've seen good mcconaughey and like we like it yeah yeah uh so there it is it's uh been a whirlwind of a show i mean great start to start us off i think hbo is back finding uh their rhythm with everything right now do you hear so... about the uh the viewership numbers no they good jump 30 jump 30 percent from episode one to episode Amazing. two so i think it's gonna be one of those shows that keeps keeps uh keeps growing and then it'll jump next week and then the week after that curve comes back so it'll jump even more after that i'm sure with uh people coming for the final season of curb you'd think so yeah yeah is, is there any like uh are there any like stars confirmed for curb or like uh guests that are with like uh like a vince vaughn character oh, vince is just freddie funkhauser he's just super dave's like relative i love how they've just never said super dave died that's like ah he went away yeah i've yeah. been doing a mini curb um i've had to do a lot of for my other job outside of here I had to do a lot of, you know, side work and stats and stuff like that to keep uh, stuff going for some games I do. And Curb is just the best to have in the background lately. And with Curb Come Back, I've just done a mini review. Man, Super Dave is the best. I really miss him. I really miss him. I am 93% committed to doing a rewatch this summer. Or not even a rewatch, but just a binge. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen my buddy's a super fan. Yeah. And- I've seen probably, in his opinion, like the 10 best episodes. Yeah. His favorite being the Palestinian chicken one. I just saw that one. Um, yeah, it's an all-timer. Uh, so I do, I'm, I am very intimately knowledgeable of the show, but I think it's time to start from the beginning and just watch the progression of Larry. I've gotten to the point where I'm having conversations with people right now, and I'm just like, you know, just finding the, the, the inept point of something and then arguing it. Like the small detail and then having the argument about stuff. I, I found myself doing that in a lot of phone calls lately. Oh, really? Just like yeah. calling people out on their stuff. And like, I literally the other day that? was talking to, uh, and I was like, I'm sounding exactly like Larry David right now. <laughs> and he's older I mean, than I, I, I thought I, he was too, by the way. He's almost 80. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. No kidding, hey? Yeah. So, you know, enjoy him while we got him. 1947. Holy shit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hey, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I mean, this might be like, after this, this might be the last um, Larry David thing that we see. I mean, Mel Brooks made a show last year, so anything's possible. Um, either way, did, just enjoy it. He did History of the World uh, Part 2, which was not very good, but I give it a pass. I didn't do it in my worst stuff because I'm like, it's Mel Brooks. I'm not giving that a Anything and then Mel Brooks was on Only Murderers in the Building as well. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. He's turns 98 this year. Yeah, he's nine. Yeah, I knew that. Holy. Come on, make a hundred Mel. And it doesn't matter. Projects. He's got two projects. He's in uh he's in a movie with Keenan Thompson and Christopher Lloyd coming up and Jacob Trumbell. It's a an animation movie. And there's another animation movie he's in that has Jane Lynch and Whoopi Goldberg, Matt Lucas. So it's oh, good for them. He has to stay home and do some VO, whatever. Why not? Yeah. Love to see it. Mel, one of the greatest. I watched Spaceballs the other day, by the way. Still holds up. 
Oh, of course. I, it's almost like it's funnier and funnier as time goes on. By the way, speaking of space level stuff, uh, the last thing is the Clone War, the Clone Wars era level sequel, Bad Batch trailer. Okay, Deb, you, you, I, I haven't been able to do as much research on this because it's been a busy week. Ventress, what happened? Mm. What's your theory? There Somehow is no Ventress theory. returned. No, there is no theory. Um, okay, so they wanted to do an arc in Clone Wars called Dark Disciple. Yes. And it had to do with Ventress and Quinlan Voss, everyone's favorite guy with the yellow paint on his face, teaming up to kill Count Dooku. Okay. And what happens is they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And I think she sacrifices herself for Quinlan. Mm-hmm. Um, this was supposed, like I said, this was supposed to be a Clone Wars arc. The show got canceled, and so they turned it into novels or a novel. Mm. And the novel was one of the first things, or one of the like the OG things that they that Star Wars said this is canon. It's one of the few books at the time because they didn't they didn't have any like the Thrawn stuff that they were like this thing matters. And so uh, the Bad Batch stuff apparently does not conflict with the Dark Disciple book. I don't know how. I guess I don't Dooku's know not why. dead. Dooku's alive still, right? Technically, right? No, no. Duke, uh, no, no, Dooku's dead. dead. Dooku Dooku's dies dead, yeah. in the beginning. This is after, this is after episode three. Yeah, I'm not telling, I'm not, I don't know. I haven't read Dark Disciple. All I know is that Star Wars came out and said, this does not conflict. So people are very confused how you can have Asajj come out in a show set five years after, or however many years after episode three. But it, but maybe it's a flashback. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she lives. Also, maybe does anyone body. really die in Star Wars? Oh, that's, that is the major criticism, but because uh, I yeah. mean, I because I, I did love the meme. Somehow, Tris returned. Maybe, maybe her and Quinlan Voska animated into the dark into like a flashback of Dark Disciple. Yeah, and that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, we know Filoni's a, a, a nerd and a lover of all this kind of stuff, so wouldn't mm-hmm. put it past him to be like. This is probably the last animation thing I get to do with Clone Wars, so I'm making sure I get the shit in. Could be well, that too. You know what? Like, of all things Star Wars, who would have thought that the Clone Wars era is probably like the most fleshed out, best part mm-hmm. of Star Wars? <laughs> right now that's so crazy to me i mean this is probably the last thing we get from the bad batch i mean from the clone wars era for a long time i would think so unless they do something with um tales yeah but i'm i'm okay with taking a break from it i'm okay with doing some high republic stuff i'm okay with doing uh post uh jedi stuff even so we have 15 episodes i expect some of these to still have filler i'm i almost would have been fine like even in that final season of Clone Wars, we still got the sisters for those two episodes yeah. with Ahsoka. Yeah. So it happens. You're going to get a filler episode here or there. You know what? It's a show for kids. It's all. It's it's always going to be that. It just so happens that some of the episodes... Kill that detect! Really, well, some of the episodes are just really freaking good. 
So yeah, yeah, the tech one's an all time one. I I mean, are we expecting um, everyone to die? No, no. I think they're going to leave that door open, but yeah, they haven't quite described um, clone aging to us yet, or like what happens to them especially between i mean i guess maybe the show will describe what happens between the clone wars and the empire so do they get phased out do they start dying do they get a wiped out is there is there a plague or something like that that tries to kill them all yeah, I have no idea. the closest we know is from what we saw in rebels and i guess in obi-wan those are the two closest things we've seen yeah yeah Other but that, then like, even no then much. like if if rex was on the battle of endor like people i don't know i don't know so. that's not canon right that's just people make wanting it to be that <sighs> the guy has a name and then rex and rebels came out and people were like wait a second this is awfully familiar and i think that star wars kind of likes the idea of it but i don't think they've made it official yeah we shall see all right, uh, that is the week that was in pop culture. We'll be back next Most week. Most of it was, yeah, good. Most of it was not current, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the first episode of Clone High. Probably two, I would assume, would drop. First two episodes of Clone High, or wherever many episodes drop of Clone High. Uh, right. We will talk about um, True Detective season three. Maybe one of us will see Killers of the Flower Moon by that point. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and that's like uh, in in uh, Kimmel with Matt Damon. Like, we'll get to it. We ran out of time. Sorry. Like, we're we ran out of time, out of time for Killers of the Flower Moon. We're going to run out of time for Killers of the Flower Moon. I have heard, uh, before we go, the one show that's been really recommended to me by quite a few people, um, I wanna, wanted to give this show a shout out because I haven't got to, but I've heard really good things. Um. It's the show that has Michelle Yeoh in it. Okay. It's I on heard Netflix, it. Brother Son. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll take a look at the trailer. Oh, and then the last um no, I'll save that for next week. Um all right, everyone. Thanks so much uh for checking us out. Until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day, people. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take 42.